Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello, and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I am super excited about this interview. I have one of my new fearless feminine leaders, and I'm really excited because I have Katie Robinson Leverins, owner of Be Well Knox, photographer, mother, intuitive aromatherapist, or a photographer and writer. So I'm obsessed with all of those things. So I can't wait to have this discussion. But I just want to welcome you on the show. As per tradition, we do sort of a brag intro. So I'm going to just kind of kick it over to you. And you can kind of tell the audience like whatever you want to share about what you love to do and your story. And then we're just going to have a little conversation about um, what you've been going through. And I just want to thank you again so much for showing up. You've got a vulnerable story to share, which we love on the podcast because they're so inspirational and they're so permission giving. And also just acknowledge that you, you know, it takes a lot of courage to to share your story. And so thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Megan. I I have just really I know I was telling you this right before this we in the started, grave. but I in the grave right now. Yeah, so I'm just really thankful for our connection. You really came at, to me and there, I feel like there have been a lot of like divine, just magical connections lately. And you have been one of them and you've just been so encouraging and you've just shown up as like love and kindness and just this bubble of light. So I'm just really thankful for you and thanks for me an opportunity to have a conversation with you. And it's just lovely to be on your platform and yeah. So I, right now, at this point in my life, I have three children and a lot of my life revolves around them. They, they, hang on, everyone just had birthdays. They're seven, nine, eleven now, or seven, eight, eleven. And let's see, I own a little wellness collective in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's called Be Well Knox. And I started that several years ago when I was going through a major life transition. And it, it's just a space for a lot of different wellness practitioners either holistically or spiritually do we share a collective space and then there's two rooms so I do aura photography in one of them and I also write in there in my office and then the other room is a energy healing room so there's people that reiki out of there and like hey I don't do any uh, work out of that room but I definitely go to sessions in that room and I also make intuitive or aromatherapy blends for people. So I'll sit down with people and see what they're going through and then I make a blend for them. And I have been an aromatherapist now for over 10 years, but that's been a really interesting transition because I used to do herbal medicine, mostly for medical things, like just body health related. And now I almost entirely have transitioned to emotional health and wellness. So I, it's not that we don't still use them for physical health. It's just that it seems like where it's led me to is, is a different space. And that's true kind of for my whole life. My whole life has kind of shifted since the last decade too as well. So yeah, and I also am a regular photographer, not just auras. Although I've, I've pretty much transitioned out of that. I only take a few sessions and a few weddings a year now. So it's not something that I highly publicize that. I've done wedding photography for 15 years, so that's mm. well within my capability, just 
I got to a point where I didn't want to spend every single Friday and Saturday night dancing with other people that I didn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, till midnight. Although it's fun sometimes, for sure. But yeah, especially as I had kids, I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. And then I write a lot. I write and I put stuff a lot on my Instagram or Facebook. And then I am currently working on a book. And Megan has been encouraging me along the way. And that's kind of how you kicked me into my life. As you know, we Mm -hmm. love to feature fearless feminine leaders on the podcast and we are live streaming this. But for those of you that are listening, do you want to tell a little bit about what happened right before? Yes. About writing a book and then how you, yeah, how we came to meet. Sure, Sure, absolutely. So, okay. Oh, someone is pulling up, someone is pulling up to my house right now. This, if you have to go deal with it, totally fine. I can hold some space. I'm so sorry. I don't know. No one usually comes out here. We we live on 15 acres and it's like a long driveway. So, I don't usually expect people and was definitely coming out to my house. I'm well, so can sorry. Can I? No, you're totally. Please? I'll just kind of carry it for you. I, I've honestly okay. had to leave on guests to do that. I'm like, hold on, I don't have my charger. I just carry it. For okay. So I got. I'm here. really Bye. sorry. You're Give me totally like two minutes to figure out who this person is. Yeah, yeah. You're, I'm on a podcast right now. <laughs> okay. So I, I'll do a little like promotion here. So we are running the. I believe it's the sixth round of Fearless Feminine Academy. And I'm really excited to get started tomorrow. You know, Katie is a perfect example of who we love to work with, which is holistic businesses. And I know if you have been listening, if you know me, you know, my background is a psychologist. And uh, I had, after grad school, I really didn't want anyone to ever control me. (laughs) And so I decided to start my own business. And I feel like a lot of creatives, a lot of neurodiverse, a lot of healers, do get drawn into their own businesses, partly because sometimes it can be a really great, you know, mom work-life balance. For me, I went from working full-time at the university to maybe 10 or 15 hours a week in practice and was able to make twice the money, right? So that's like a no-brainer, right? So that's why I kind of created Fearless Feminine Academy because I know as like a mom boss working a traditional brick and mortar business, it can be super anxiety-provoking to run a business. A lot of people I talk to who, a lot of my therapist friends, I'm like, come on, start a private practice. Why are you working at that agency? And they're literally scared to start a business. And so I think there's so much to contend with. And so that's why I created the Fearless Feminine Academy to make a business that really helps you, particularly if you want to transition like me and Katie from a, from a brick and mortar business to an online business, it really helps you get into the extra stuff. I'm doing a little sales pitch here. (laughs) to get to the extra stuff of how to show up online, how to overcome your fear of visibility. You know, when you put your fearless opinions out there, it can be a great way to help change the world and shift the consciousness to a higher level. And it can be very triggering when you are the brand. And so that's kind of what we deal with in Fearless Feminine is a balance of personal healing to be able to be the figurehead of your business and put yourself out there in a real and raw and vulnerable way. And then the strategy piece of how do we build this business so that it supports us? Because like Katie was saying with the wedding, sometimes our business is like we're beholden to the business, you know, and sometimes it does take an immense amount of sacrifice. And so for me, 
one of the big influences was just pleasure-based business. I was like, wow, we can enjoy businesses. And so in creating my online business, it hasn't all been pleasure, but that's been my focus of how can I do this in a sustainable, healthy, creatively satisfying way. And so that's what I love to do inside of Fearless Feminine. So I just did a little sales pitch of what we do in the academy just the personal growth piece and then the business strategy piece. Did you get that situation? Well, okay. So well, this is part of my, the, the craziness of my life right now, which is yeah. that because I broke my neck, which I will mm-hmm. explain in a minute, I moved back in with my ex-husband uh-huh. who has been taking care of me again because he's so wonderful. And mm-hmm. so I have not lived here in a long time and I didn't realize that today was a cleaning day so as the cleaners that were coming today and so they're now inside so I came outside um outside my life is chaos right now <laughs> well, yeah so I okay so what happened to me recently well I so I I went through I had a kind of a an interesting summer my well I've had an interesting last seven years of my life but my summer basically I have a really, really wonderful relationship with my ex-husband and we co-parent really well together. And we went on this three-week road trip with my, with our kids. We took them out to West, the Western United States and it was just amazing. We camped and we, he had the little camper and we took that and we've been planning this trip since COVID actually, like 2020. And so anyways, we did that and we came back. And then after we came back, my life just got a little chaotic. Yeah. Well, let me just validate. I love the you know, when I see people like co-parenting together well, like I feel like it's just such an important message. I think so many people have, oh, that's impossible. Or you hear the horror stories. And I just think it's so exciting that I've seen a lot of my friends and clients really make a hard situation, super therapeutic for themselves, for their partner, for their kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just like such a triumph. And I feel like that message is well, out there, you know. That, I mean, that has been its own journey. That didn't evolve. I mean, that's been the last seven year journey, you know, I mean, uh, I, and, the, and the reason we healed so well was the pandemic. It, we were not like this prior to 2020. We were barely speaking to each other and okay. not living together. And the, yeah, so I guess I'll try to make this short, but he was an emergency or is an emergency physician. And so he continued to work through the pandemic and I was living downtown in this loft apartment with the kids and which was so fun and we loved it until we had to be quarantined in a thousand square foot house and I had I have three kids and doing virtual school with all three of them having fever and was really hard and then we stopped switching back and forth because you know COVID went through so many variations of what is the right thing to do and so since he was still working and we were all supposed to be isolated. We chose to isolate from him at first. And that was really hard on everyone. It was really hard on him to not be around the kids. It was really hard on me to be, I love my children, but to be with them 24-7. Oh yeah, every mom. tiny apartment was really hard. And so we did that for a few months from March to May. And then basically he was tired of it and I was tired of it. And we decided he, he was on 15 acres and has all of this, room and he was alone and we were four people living in this tiny apartment like it just couldn't make sense and so we decided to quarantine together as a family so I moved 
back into, this is the home that we originally bought together when we were married and I moved back in, but I moved into the basement, which is like separate from the house and it has its own bathroom, its own living room. And I moved my stuff down there and we functioned as roommates and co-parents for many months before we even reestablished a friendship. Many, many months of oh, master class on that, right? <laughs> Probably so much to say there. I mean, it was a lot. It was Make you know, it putting work. the kids to, kids, kids to bed and then going to your separate rooms. And we didn't spend time together unless it was the kids. I mean, it, I can't emphasize enough how, how far we had come. Amazing. You know, so, and we ended up living together until after the vaccine came out and after some other things happened. And, and then I finally moved out again. And then this happened and I was in the hospital at the hospital he works at and he came and was with me almost the whole time and then I went home and so many of my wonderful friends oh so I I had a horseback riding accident I didn't I guess I didn't explain that and I broke my C6 and C7 vertebrae and I also have the arterial dissection which is basically like the split in the artery and my cervical spine in the artery of it I think I believe I'm trying to do my best to what I know I broke my top rib I broke my clavicle I had surgery on my collarbone which is why it's fixed now but it's still healing but I started there and then my left lung had two contusions so it was it's still recovering I can sometimes I'm doing a lot better now but sometimes when I'm breathing or having a conversation I get winded just because my left lung isn't at full capacity so and I had an awful concussion so I went to my, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's it's so amazing that you're showing up here and <laughs> that you are and like totally take care of yourself through this process. I really Well, it's it. been a month now. A month. Yeah, but that's like nothing in the grand scheme of things. And I mean, yeah. I remember that just kind of as a mom boss. Like, I just feel like when my daughter was little, like, you, you know, you just come in sometimes in days and you're just like wrecked, you know, but then you're trying to put it all together. Like you're okay. And you're like a functioning yeah. person. And I just want to say it's really amazing to be telling your story like this early on and to even just show up physically with with all the health challenges that you're going through. So I just really want to validate well, that because it's huge. Well, it's thank you. Remarkable. And to be fair, the last time you asked me, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah. This, even then that's where I was like, maybe this is a bad idea. I know. And I, I did just 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 so y'all know, I did give her the option to do it off camera and to cancel on time and all that kind of stuff. So I, I definitely was like, put yourself first. I, your story is important. And, you know, I, when when you bought Fearless Feminine and you started to like reach out to me and you listed my two favorite books, Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love and Glennon Doyle Untamed, I was like, this is my yeah. soulmate client person. Well, well, right before this accident, I had decided I so my summer and I, and I don't really want to talk about what happened this summer right now, Probably. but it'll be it's you know Brene the Brown has this, <laughs> right. Brene Brown has this phrase that I heard her say once on a podcast, and I haven't been able to find it again or read it, so I'm going to misquote it. But the it was Fair basically price. like we when you're going through something that's not the time to be vulnerable about it it's yeah. okay like vulnerability stars, yes yeah. powered but when you're going through something you can protect that and that was really important for me because I tend to be an overshare and and that's part Probably. of my trauma too is, is like everything's out there anyway so I might as well control the narrative I think part of my story and growing up in the 
subculture that I did in a very small community, which I lovingly call a cult. It's like my story was all, everyone, everyone always knew everyone else's business. So if everyone's going to know your business, you might as well be the one that controls the narrative. That's how I, so that has resulted as an adult now oversharing all the time. And I have to ask myself, like, is this necessary? They're checking you out at Target. Is this necessary? You know, <laughs> they need to know all of this, Katie, just close your mouth. So. Listen, I totally feel that way. And I, I'm an oversharer too. Like I'm really high on, in the big five, which is a personality thing. It, I'm really high on openness to experience. And so, yeah. you know, I'm a feminist therapist. And so some therapists don't share anything about who they are and kind of look down on it even in more, you know, institutional kind of stricter settings. But I've always found that my people really appreciate when I'm human with them and when right. I share pieces of myself. And then that's kind of what I brought to the podcast is, you know, interviewing these like amazing, incredible, successful women who are doing it their way and sharing the good and the bad and the ugly. Because sometimes we just hear the result and it feels so impossible. Um, but mm -hmm. to share the struggle along the way is really powerful. I do love what you're yeah. saying about checking yourself so that you're not like you know, bleeding out <laughs> publicly. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I think I can definitely um, share part. I I mean, I do want to share parts of it, but that basically I, I went into this really, really low valley and just deep sadness and confusion too, because I've been through a lot in the last seven years and I just felt, am I still here? Is this still the cycle that's happening? Like how, how is it that I'm still here? And a really good friend of mine and I, we went to the beach the week before my accident and we we had this really beautiful grounding spiritual beach trip like we we were very intentional with our time we listened to Esther Hicks in the morning like we listened to like our Abraham Hicks mm -hmm. channel through us I never know what to call them let me it's I've heard it for both me. ways yeah yes okay yes and uh, so anyways we we just did whatever our soul kind of led us to we were really open with each other you know have you thought about this have you thought about that we were both purging some things that needed to be purged and so we one day we went to a psychic which I've never been to a psychic it's it's one of I, I have done a lot of things in the last few years but that for some reason was the one thing I had not done is like a it's someone that actually called themselves a psychic. I'm sure I've met with plenty of intuitive people that have given them the insight, but I was like, well, how do we do this? And she was like, we just drive around and find us a psychic. And I was like, okay, great. And so I definitely went in with a little skepticism, but definitely openness. But I, I didn't really tell her anything about my life. And I sat down and she sat there for a minute and she did pull some cards. And she said, she said, your life has been chaos for the last several years and every year it wants to resolve, but it never does. And I just started crying. Like I was like, yeah, why is that? Yes. Not new information, but yes. Yeah. And when I'm, someone frames it, like yes. you know, a loving call out like that, it is yeah. so, you can feel so understood and also amazed. Yeah. 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 And then I was just like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then of course it was like, then how do we bring results? Like, how do we stop the cycle? Get me out of the cycle. I've been doing all the things. Like, I've been to the spiritual retreat. You know, I have been, I've been all over the world. I went to Bali. I became a yoga teacher. You know, I like, 
went to the Hindu temples. I've learned about all of the religions. I've been I've been in therapy now for four and a half years. I have I'm doing all the things. Like please get me out of this cycle. And you know I didn't say all those things out loud. I just cried because that's my go to. It's so says then, Hopefully she can just feel it all of those. So then she said, "Well, I also want you to know that." You've already met your soulmate. And I almost started laughing because I don't know if I believe in soulmates anymore. I believe I believe in multiple soulmates. I believe I in lots of connections, but like the soulmate, you know, so I was like, thanks. Okay. So those are my big two takeaways from her. That's what everybody goes to for a psychic reading. It would tell me about my love life. Like it's pretty inevitable. Yeah. I was like, okay, thank you. Oh, but then she was like, but also you're not having good luck with love. I was like, I'm done here. You're speaking too much truth. So I went to the back to the beach. We were back at the beach with and my friend Rebecca was up like at our chairs, you know, whatever. And I was like just standing there in the water, just like having this reflective moment. And I was like, oh my God. And I turned around and Rebecca said it was it was so cute. It was like a child. I just started screaming at her. I was like, it's me. It's me. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I like ran to her. I was like, it's me. I'm my soulmate. I have already found me. Like, of course I've already found my soulmate. It's me. It's me. It's been me all along. That's what I've been looking for this last seven years. I've been looking for me. It's me. Um, she was, she like, she just started laughing like in this like beautiful, like confirmation way. And I started laughing. It was like the most beautiful thing. Like she was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, you're just like having that moment where you're like, which seems really cheesy when you talk about it, but like, it was like this beautiful, yeah, of course I found my soulmate. I was just looking for myself this whole time. Well, I think it's so so powerful, especially given kind of the the extreme religion that you are under. So much of it is externalized and having to obey and be good and live a certain way to really realize that like you have inside of you what you've been searching for, which in my opinion is like, you know, your own connection to the divine and the connection to yourself. You know, what a powerful way to stop codependency and to unhook from all that external validation. Yeah. Right. Yes, there is this constant searching for something outside of yourself. It's, right. it's, there is no, you know, I was really raised with a lack of trust within myself. There was, mm-hmm. there's no, I don't trust your own intuition, you know, lean on, lean on God and the Bible and the elders of your church, but don't your, yourself. It's in, going to be leaning towards sinful nature and you're born as the sinner. And so you're not even born innately good. And so I never trusted myself. I didn't trust my own body or my own intuition or my own instinct. I was always looking for not just external validation, but external guidance. Well, what do I do now? And Mm. it's really apparent to me now that I've been doing so many things that I think have been so healing, but in all of them, I've been looking elsewhere like for it to show me the answer like even even when I've been researching and looking into other religions I I don't think it was ever because I wanted to become Buddhist or Hindu or Episcopalian or like whatever I was just interested but I do think part of me was like always well do they have the answer you know I recently got on this huge kick on about starseeds 
like which is you know you're an alien and I'm like yes this is the one for me I mean I if even if it's not true it just resonates so much I'm like yeah I don't belong on this earth anyway it's clear I'm an alien of course I feel like I am just constantly looking for what is actually the truth what is the answer because I was raised in such a way that there is a black and white answer and so if it wasn't the one that I had then which one is it and so yes. just yeah. want to say, you know, starseeds totally welcome and fearless feminine. And we actually. Oh, absolutely. I think I am one. I really do. Yeah. I think I'm just waking up. Oh, my gosh. And our kids like forget about it. I can't wait till they're in control. Oh, of- no, I did not mean yeah. for that to come across as derogatory. I meant I really do feel like. Yeah. Oh, I like, didn't. It I didn't mean things, but I mean. <laughs> I think things have resonated it. with me and from so many different things, you know, and I think I I'm just. So Cherry having, grown up, having to grow up in a culture where it's, well, I, I'm so hesitant to opt into anything 100%, but I resonate with so many things a little bit. And that's definitely one that I like and, and resonating, like, for sure. You know, I'm well, trying to find my family. Yes. Another piece that I really resonate with and has helped me with this issue is just the human design piece. And we talked a little bit about it, like you and I are both generators. And I think that thing about not trusting yourself, that is like a big part of patriarchal design and how women are socialized not to be in touch with their any intuition and power and to right. kind of like kind of chronically get caught in like doubt. Feeling that oh yeah culturally that's clear. true too yeah and some of this is from religion for me but some of it is just our westernized culture and indoctrination the patriarchy all those things too yeah there's so much overlap in all of it yeah and if you what i say to my clients a lot is if you can't trust yourself what do you really have because you're the mm-hmm. only one living your experience and it, it is fine right. exactly to you and so deferring to an external authority not that we can't like consult and have, I, I told you, like, I've got a whole healer team of people that keep me like grounded and functional. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. we can't have support, but like, ultimately, I think we have to be the final say. And for me, that was really a challenge in the generator department because I had, wasn't listening to my state girl, you know, I was exhausting myself. I was overworking. I was just trying to be like, good, good, there, yeah. wife, good mother, good daughter, you know, all of the things. And so to me, always like doing the thing you actually want to do is one of the most revolutionary things you can do. And that's kind of the journey you've been mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Well, that's also, I mean, I'm still learning about human design, but I, I think I was reading as a generator, if you're not doing what your heart longs for, you're not, you're not putting out magic. Like you're not putting, you're not creating. And that, that's also, that's also true for my life. Okay. So Mary Oliver, she has this I'm going to misquote this too, but she says, you know, someone once gave me a box of darkness and it wasn't until much later that I realized that she was a gift. Well, that's how I'm starting to feel about this summer. It sucks. It's, it's still kind of sucks. But when I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I actually haven't been living in my magic and I needed to. And maybe it really had to suck in order for the universe to knock me back into my magic because I just wasn't, I wasn't living in that I wasn't fulfilling what I was supposed to be doing my one of the things that I this message that really channeled through when I was at the beach right before my accident was I'm free to be who I came here to be that just kept so loudly and free to be who I came here to be and that what I had to reframe like 
I, I didn't have this tremendous loss. I didn't have this pain. Instead, it was like a freedom. Now I'm free to be who I came here to be. And now it's so without this purpose. And so then it was like, well, what is that purpose? And the main thing that I came home from that beach trip was I have to write my book. That's the next thing for me is I need to write my book. And there were a couple other smaller things, but overarchingly, it was like, I think that's what I have to do. It's been on my mind for, it's been pressed onto my spirit for years as I've been going through my journey. I've been writing really as I read other people's books, that's when I felt most like I owed it almost to us. And I see us collectively as like those of us that are seeking and searching and that feel alone and that, I mean, I don't think I could have made it through without, without Glennon and without, so Gabby Bernstein, there was a period of time where her book was on in my car, the universe has your back just constantly. Like her voice, is so ingrained in me. I feel like we're best friends. Like I would get in the car and there she, there was Gabby. And like, I needed her. And Elizabeth Gilbert, I needed her. You know, Cheryl Strait, I needed her. I could go on and on, you know, of all these women that I, I just devoured their stories because I needed connection. And so it almost then feels like I owe it to us collectively. Who am I writing for? Well, mostly myself right now because I'm processing still and sifting through and then I'm also ready like for us collectively like those that are waking up those of us that are like unwilling to conform any longer to the roles that don't match our spirit in our heart right oh my god and got away with words that is so powerful I'm just gonna interject a little bit here because I've been touched by the same authors and I have Incidentally, went to a psychic, my my actual Reiki mentor who I worked with for 15 years. And one of the things she told me was that I was going to write this like epic book that was going to change like psychology and energy healing and everything all together. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me. And then I had writer's block like 15 years as I was busy <laughs> to be a business owner and a mom and do all the life stuff, you know. And so I said, by the end of this year, I'm going to write this messy first draft of the book. So yeah, go for it. And so I decided for this round, the Fearless Feminine Academy, I launch maybe once or twice a year, a couple of times. And I, it is really a holistic business builder. And I like to add like a little flair, usually whatever I'm obsessed with in the moment. So last round we did human design. This round we're doing write your book. And I kind of selfishly did it to make it like on the forefront of my own brain to just sit down and write this book. And I got to say, you have been such a dream client to me because first of all, you've written an amazing amount in such a short amount of time to just see, yeah, like I can maybe just take off a week and like really let this book flow through me. We're going to do NaNoWriMo together, which if you don't know what that is, it's people come together all over the world to write a book, a messy rough draft in the month of November. So for me, I'm going to opt out of Thanksgiving. I'm not going to cook, which I do love to cook, but not this year. I'm going to do the book thing. And so just this conversation that you were just having, you know, was sort of like our first conversation and reading your preface. It was so permission giving to me that it really helped heal some of my writer's block as well. And I just feel like these books have been handbooks for women to to liberate themselves from what has been going on so that's grandma wants yeah. to picking up my daughter i'm like grandma no, 
podcast. <laughs> I get it. It's life. A mom boss life. Yeah. I really think this is the woman's life. Like, we always have stuff going on and it's okay. Like, we're not perfect. And we, I was just actually, I was writing about this last night because I was writing about who I used to be. And it was that I was, I owned an e-commerce business. I was, I was an entrepreneur. I owned different businesses than I did right now. And I had Zoom calls and I had all these calls and I was also a full-time mom. I was not like a mom who had childcare or a mom who had a nanny. We actually ended up getting a nanny because I had a mental breakdown, but because I felt this pressure that I... That's a good cautionary tale. (laughs) Probably homeschool them. That's the best. And 100% also be this like professional like person put together and not be interrupted by my children somehow on all of these meetings and run an e-commerce business, which our warehouse was all the way out in Utah. So I'd be like flying back and forth across the country. And like, I, like, I just felt like I had to be both a powerhouse and also soft. Like you have to be both. You, and, and, and they can't overlap. Mm-hmm. You can't, the powerhouse can't seem soft. And then the soft person can't seem like, I oh, it's, but it's not true. That's what's really been healing for me in coaching and not every coach is like this, but the the people that I've worked with as coaches and as clients and, and sister, mastermind sisters and all this sort of thing, like they would be like nursing their kid on the call. And, right. you know, I think it is a little bit of cliche in the coaching business, attract your soulmate clients. But I got to say, I've had some incredible women come through, but it's always interesting to me when like a stranger off the internet buys and then you're so connected you know, to me, that's like a whole nother level. But I think it's so permission giving to be able to create a business that runs off passive income or a business that you can be your full self. Like you can go yeah. you know, the person at the front door. I can text grandma and we can still be here live on the podcast saying profound things. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I will say that I, I guess now I'm feeling a little bad. I'm like, they, there was a lot of leeway in my previous yeah, don't feel bad. I you know, think career. Like, but it, I think it's that. self-pressure, though. I yeah. think some of it is self-pressure. I don't know that anyone overtly, well, there were sometimes, but it's just this. It's both, this, yeah. It's both. It's like, I have to be this way. And it's allowing yourself to be like, well, no, I'm just, this is the way. <laughs> like, we're doing the best I can and life is messy. Well, I, that's why I really like to talk about the matriarchy. And, you know, I don't want to slam the patriarchy because we need our men. We need our men to get in touch with their feminine sides. You know, we do need to dismantle like the oppressive systems and get more like life affirming systems. But I think the way that women do that is by taking their lives back. And in my case, it was like being able to spend time with my kid the way I wanted to, being able to have a satisfying business that helped the world. And to be able to make a good living. And so like, I feel like that should be available to everyone. And I realize that it is a privilege and it is not. But that is something that I think with the internet and just the dissemination of knowledge, like you can get that if you're truly motivated to. And so I think that that compared to the old school patriarchy where, you know, you don't even get paid maternity leave and you just have to show up at a job you hate just so you can survive. That's not how it has be right now you know I've been on my own journey sounds like you have too but you know I I really appreciate not having to divide me being a mom me being a wife me being a business owner like I can be all of those things at the same time and each one of those things takes precedent 
you know, depending on order of, you know, crisis, essentially, <laughs> you know, but yeah. just permission to be the full self. Like, I think that's what all those authors you mentioned give us the gift of, and they share their imperfect story in a, in a beautiful and perfect way that it's like, if, if she can do it, I can do it. And so that's, yeah. that's, that's my mission with, with this book that I'm going to write. And then particularly this podcast and coaching is to just tell women like, yes, you can have this. Mm -hmm. and you're, you're discovering that, which is so exciting. So we are a little short on time because I do have to go pick up my daughter as we were speaking. So to <laughs> give us a little teaser about the book and don't worry. I know Katie it has a fascinating story. We're going to bring her back on probably, you know, whenever it feels good, but maybe like after Fearless Feminine towards the end of the year and just kind of mm. get like part two of your story. Yeah. So, I know you have so much to say. And I, I do have that spooky feeling that your book is going to be so powerful to people. And I can already tell by the content you're posting online that you're waking people up and changing their minds. And I think I, I know a lot of pleasure coaches who have taken on this thing of religious trauma, and I've seen it a lot in my practice, and it really needs to be talked about. And it's one of those controversial things that when you're speaking in a way that's disrupting someone's paradigm, mm -hmm. it can be very caring yeah. for those people and then for you to be sharing your own personal right. story about that. So I think there's yeah. a lot in it. And so yeah. you know, I'm I'm dealing with that. You're dealing with that. It's a lot to undertake to be a public figure and to share so vulnerably and deeply. And yet that's also what creates like, you know, the movements of Untamed mm -hmm. and Great Love. Yeah, well, I really yeah. have done, I had really gone back and forth, back and forth for years and really not actually taken, I don't think I had really taken writing my book seriously and then this summer pushed me kind of over the edge and I decided I had actually completely cut off my previous community and and a lot of them were on my Facebook. And so I stopped using Facebook altogether. I didn't delete it. I thought about it, but I just stopped using it. And so I decided to reappear on there this summer after several years. And what I ended up doing was a series of, I think, 23 posts which basically outlined the book and in it basically said, hey, I know I disappeared. I'm going to tell you where I've been. Here's my story. And I, I didn't do it like that. I, of course, I said, you know, I, I care so deeply about many of you, but sometimes we have to go inward to really find out who we are. And it was a really vulnerable place to be because I knew that the, that I have about a little over 2,000 Facebook friends and I knew that the majority of them are under this belief system that I no longer align with. And, but they also were a huge part of my life for nearly 30 years. And some of them were like my family. You know, we, we, we literally grew up together in this really intense environment that I feel like made us family. And the, the church that I grew up in, we even called many people, we called aunt and uncle and brother that aren't, were actually, so I really feel so close to these people. I can't, can't overemphasize that. And so I tried to do it as humbly as possible. And the reason that I finally was like, I do have to write this book is because I, so many people reached out to me, not just in the comments, but a lot of them privately messaged me and they were just like, it's so good to hear from you. And this is what's been going on with me. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I had so many, I have had so many people tell me, some of my friends, I, I can't, I, 
I've tried, oh my gosh, so many mind-blowing stories, you know, that I'm just like, and I don't feel comfortable telling their stories, but people that have struggled with homosexuality, people that are married and realize that they were gay, but they're stuck in this marriage. And now they're processing with me because I'm the only safe person that they know. People that left the church too and feel really confused and don't know where to land. And we're just so thankful that I, that I said something. Uh, people that are, didn't grow up in a church, but they're just going through something hard and they were just happy that somebody was being vulnerable. I message every day, like, like dozens and dozens and dozens of messages were just rolling in. And so then I became this like therapist, but I loved it because I was reconnecting with all of these people that I had lost touch with. And so it was this huge gift to me. So I was going through this awful season and I was so hurt. And so it was out of that hurt that I was like, I need to figure out who I am. I need to, I need to, I need to mold back the pieces because what happened was I, I split into the person that I was and then this person that I became. And it's all, they've always been separate now for the last few years. It's been like very separate. And what this summer did was start to merge them back together. So my book came really out of this place of realizing that the two can, two can coexist. And so as I'm writing the book, I'm actually like, it's healing me because I'm writing my past in my present and my past in my present and my past in my present. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that when I get to the end, there will be a more, more cohesive version of myself. So even the book itself is part of my journey. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, well, I love that because the truth is so revolutionary. And I think people are so scared to speak the truth because they don't want to be like the target of backlash that it's almost like when you say the truth, it is extremely revolutionary and people may not publicly endorse that they believe that way. But like you said, in the DMs, people are coming to you because like when someone is real, it's so refreshing. So just for the sake of time and my daughter and grandma, we're, we're going to cut it short. I could talk to you like literally for another hour. Easy. We will do that in the future. If you're someone who wants to be like the next Glennon Doyle or the next Brene Brown or, you know, any of the amazing women we've mentioned here, like this is what Fearless Feminine is about. We're supporting the revolutionary writers who are, are showing up with their incredible stories and thought leadership to really change the world. And I think a book is one of the most powerful ways you could do that. Even though it's old school, it's still, you know, very powerful. Absolutely. I just want to thank you so much. I mean, what a real and raw interview. I know we just kind of scraped the surface, but you shared so much in such a beautiful way. And to just show up with all that you're going through, I, I, it just means so much to me. And oh, well, thank, thank you again. for your willingness and your vulnerability. And Absolutely. Y'all. Anytime. I mean, just wait till this book comes out. Like it is going to be a life-changing book. You know, it's already changing your lives. So that's a good testimony to it, right? So thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Oh, yes. It's been my pleasure. And it's been very therapeutic to me and giving myself permission to tell the vulnerable tale. As we discussed, you know, it can be, it can be, you know, it's very intense to write a memoir. It is therapy. Yeah. It is like you were saying, uh, how how much of other people's stories do you tell? And and that you really yeah. need discernment for that. And yet that's why the memoir is so incredibly powerful is because it's real. And so I love mm-hmm. looking at Lennon Doyle. I used to watch her as a mommy, Christian mommy blogger. 
um, to the time that she came out. And it's just interesting to read her older versus newer works. You could kind of see her processing through in her writing. And she wasn't quite, you know, fully there yet. But it's interesting to go back and read some of our earlier stuff. So I really appreciate you. All parts are welcome. Thank you for sharing the way that you did. And we'll have you back on, definitely. And I'm going to do it. Thankful I'll be in the night break for another two months. So if you want more of this, you, <laughs> you know where to find me. Well, listen. I will literally be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and what for the universe to cause you in such a way that, like, you know, I mean, it's, you have an expansive time, but then you're also dealing with like physical healing and, and all the things that you go through with time injury. Now, so powerlessness, you know, helplessness. It's like when you get sick and you're like, oh, no, I can write my book. Well, no, you don't feel like writing your book because you're sick, you know? So I think the way well, that Well, and that's thought- how I found you, but you were so discouraged. I actually told the universe, I said, I just decided I would write the book, write the book. I don't think I needed to be flung off a horse. But then I was just like, but now I don't feel like writing the book. Like I was angry. I was like, I have a concussion. I am not doing well. And then I just sat there and I was sitting on my bed and I was just like, what if I never write this book? And I got on Facebook and Megan's Facebook post said, what if you never write this book? Like literally it said that. And I had just said it to myself and I was like, who is this person? And why are they? Oh my gosh. Are we? And so I clicked on it and I was like, well, I guess I have to write the book clearly. Yes. And And I I signed up immediately. Well, and that was such a powerful moment to me because those are one of those milestones that you look for as a coach. Like it really can be that easy and and so divinely orchestrated. And you're even local, which blew my mind. I, I know. When I, I didn't realize it either, I was like, I don't even know how I was following you. I And then I clicked on you and I was like, we have a lot of mutual friends. Who is this person and how have I never met them? Yeah, exactly. And I was kind of reflecting as well. I've seen you around, but just hadn't made the full connection. I saw your business, you know, different things like that at events. But yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I feel like you really blessed me. And I mean, that's what I love about Fearless Feminine. And I just told you this this morning is that once you're in, you're in. I mean, eventually I may change that in the future just for capacity. But right now it's been amazing. Like we've had women go through it like three rounds. And so they're in such a different place than they were like two years ago or a year and a half ago with their business. And it's just amazing to all come together and then we're friends. And then, you know, the power of magical women coming together and like speaking things into mm-hmm. existence. So that's always my favorite part. And it just like really shifts people and it makes magic things happen when we have that kind of container of support. So yeah. again, thank you so much for get, even getting me back into my podcast. It's been on hiatus for a bit. And, you know, thank you for telling your story so beautifully and so transparently. Mm-hmm. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. Thanks for so. having me. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.